Welcome to another episode of the YXE Sports Podcast on a rainy, uh, gloomy August Monday. It's Matt Morrison. Happy to have you along again, everybody watching on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page. We're also live on the YXE Sports Podcast Facebook page and also on No YXE. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, the audio version. Happy to have you along uh, as well for, like I said, another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast. This is also a big day because I don't have to do this by myself this week, which I'm super excited for. I guess we did have one of the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar uh, owners uh, last week, but uh, for the most part, uh, I don't have to do this by myself today. So that's awesome. Uh, make sure you leave your questions, your comments, your concerns, your opinions in the comments section. I will do our best to get to them, but we do have a very special guest with me today is sitting to my left, and that is Lee Cormish, who is a member of the Set Saskatchewan Soccer Supporters Group. He's also a brand ambassador for Living Sky Sports. We'll get to what Living Sky Sports is and what they're doing in the province and in the city. If you haven't uh, already kind of heard the, the soccer news from a few weeks ago or about a month ago, Lee, but uh, this Saskatchewan Soccer Supporters Group, I want to talk about that first, also known as uh, the Wheat Pool. What exactly is the Saskatchewan Soccer Supporters Group? Yeah, so every club across the world has a group of hardcore fans, is what you want to call them. They're the ones that sit in the end zone, they wave the flags, and they sing the songs for the entire 90 minutes of the game. They have marches up to the stadium on game day, and when it's not game day, they're always doing something, building something, uh, setting up a watch party for a big game. So it's really the driving force. It's the foundation of the fan base of any club. Right. Simple enough. So the Saskatchewan supporters, uh, soccer supporters group, uh, well, uh, you know, there was talk, uh, what was that, a couple months ago now, I believe, of Living Sky Sports, Alan Simpson, uh, potentially bringing a uh, Canadian Premier League team to Saskatoon. And uh, we can maybe talk a little bit now about, uh, you know, kind of that role, your role with Living Sky Sports. Maybe, first of all, kind of give us uh, a little bit of an update where this potential team to Saskatoon is and kind of what your role with Living Sky Sports as a brand ambassador is. Right. So uh, where is this project right now? There is one hurdle. It's one large hurdle. And that is to build a soccer-specific stadium. Now, we want professional soccer to come to Saskatoon, but when we tell the Canadian Premier League that we're here, we're ready, the question is, where are you going to play? We don't have a stadium that meets all the Canadian Premier League requirements in our city. So that is the big hurdle. If we get over that hurdle, a team will be coming to Saskatoon. And talk about a little bit about kind of these requirements and these specifics uh, you know, that the Canadian Premier League need and, and really just kind of the, the requirements and what a soccer-specific stadium should and would look like. Okay, yeah, very important question, and, and I need to, to let you know that the first thing that comes up is why not Mosaic Stadium in Regina? Right. That is the number one ask. Yeah. So you've got a 33,000-seat stadium, and for these games, you're going to have about five to 6,000 fans. If you put this team, this club, in Mosaic Stadium, it will not create the atmosphere required to build a team successfully. It'll feel too cavernous. Tickets will not be a demand, and it will just slowly die. If you went to Mosaic, it would be beautiful in the beginning, but it would be a death at the end of it. Right. 
And Alan Simpson of Living Sky Sports loves Saskatoon's passionate soccer fans and the base that is here. So he wants it in Saskatoon. Now, Canadian Premier League requires about a 5,000-seat stadium and no football lines. So those are the two big things. And we don't have anything that fits that. Uh, We have a passionate football core here that loves the football fields and the football lines. And so right now, there's just nothing that meets Canadian Premier League's requirements. And you kind of mentioned if we get over that that stadium hurdle, once we can kind of you know, get the, the shovels in the ground, then it should be all systems go. Uh, you know, so what would kind of, what would some of those stadium hurdles, you know, kind of be? What's kind of stopping whoever is going to be doing the building from doing the actual building? Does it come down to funding? Kind of what does that sort of look like? It, it is the funding. This is the most exciting part that I get to talk about. <laughs> is a, can you imagine a 5,500 state of the art stadium? Right outdoor stadium in Saskatoon. It will be a soccer-specific stadium, and Alan from Living Sky Sports has told me he will build the nicest (laughs) 5,500-seat stadium in North America. Right. So that just opens the doors for Saskatoon globally to bring events, not only national events, but globally as well. And um, it would be uh, at Prairieland Park, um, you've already got the grandstand there, so you can kind of see what about a thousand seats would look like yep. with press boxes and stuff like that. But there's there will be some little special touches, some touches that I don't know about yet <laughs> that I don't really want to put the secret nope, on. But sure. the renderings will be coming through within the next month here. Okay, so you look at the Canadian Premier League. You've got teams in Ottawa, Calgary, Edmonton, Halifax, Hamilton, Langford, which is on the island out in BC. Winnipeg and Toronto. So the number one, you know, when I kind of look at the rest of the teams of the Canadian Premier League, you know, the one thing that that sticks out to me is all of those cities have a, you know, a bigger capacity than Saskatoon. So why do Living Sky Sports, why do you think that even though with a smaller population compared to the rest of the Canadian Premier League, a team could still work in Saskatoon? I actually think the smaller centres are a recipe for a bigger success than the larger centers. Uh, I feel that every city in Canada that has about 300,000 plus should have a team in this league eventually. That's how I feel. Uh, Halifax has one of the most beautiful models. And they're, you know, we always compare Halifax to Saskatoon when it comes to these types of things. So Halifax has the entire city excited about the game day. They have marches. They have everything you could ask for in a, in a soccer club that they do over in Europe that they do here on a smaller scale in Halifax. I believe that we can harness that here in Saskatoon. I think Saskatoon is the perfect market for it. Well, and, yeah, I mean, just look at the support of, you know, Rider Nation in Saskatchewan, right? Yes, Mosaic is in Regina, and that's where the riders play, but people will flock from all parts of the province to go to Regina, right? And there are really no reason why it can't be any different with a soccer team in Saskatoon, right? You can have those people come down from Prince Albert. You can have those people come up from Regina, Esteban, should there be, you know, the demand for it. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the one thing about the Canadian Premier League that sticks out to me. And that might be what other people are saying. I mean, I've lived in the city my whole life, so I know how well the Rush do. I know how well Husky Athletics do. I know how well these other, you know, teams do. Uh, But that is kind of the one glaring thing that pops out to me is that they're all kind of in these cities with a million plus people. 
Talking about the Canadian Premier League itself, because this is the league that the Saskatoon, the potential Saskatoon team uh, would play in, probably not a lot of people know about the Canadian Premier League, so maybe just give us a little bit of a rundown on, on what that is and maybe how it compares to the MLS, which you know most people do know about. It's very true. There's a lot of people that don't know what the Canadian Premier League is, and it's only been around a couple of years. Right. Um, they did a they did a smaller season in a in a smaller uh, time space in Prince Edward Island last year just to get a season in. Right. So this is actually we're into season three, and uh, it is what they've deemed right from the beginning is it is a Canadian league made by Canadians for Canadians. So there's a lot of specifics. Uh, teams have to have under 21 players from Canada playing a certain amount of minutes each season. Um, a certain amount of players on each roster. Uh, as far as Major League Soccer goes, Major League Soccer is the Premier League of the United States. Uh, we want to get there where we're on a level playing field one day, but we are a step under that. Right. But when it comes to the Canadian Premier League, people are unsure of the actual talent that's going on the field. And it the, people have compared it to a university level, and is, that is no further from the truth. It is a professional league. We are getting players from all over the world to come play for it. And here's an example for you. Our best player in, at the University of Saskatchewan, who is a Canada West All-Star, our team MVP last year, tried out for Winnipeg and couldn't make the team. And now he is an absolute stud on the field. Yeah. So we've got one player in Brett Levi, who's playing with Valor in yeah. Winnipeg. So it's cool that we've already got Saskatchewan players playing. But this is a professional league, and it is much higher than the university level that, that we would be playing at. Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is absolutely loving the inter interview. So much information. Um, there was also, uh, I was watching your interview that you did with our producer, Ian Roach, uh, earlier today, just to get some kind of some, uh, some information about this, but you also had some interesting stats on soccer and soccer registration in Saskatoon and the province. Yeah, it's the highest participated sport in the country. It has been that way for a while. There's almost 40,000 people that are members of the Saskatchewan Soccer Association. So you're, you're not only, you're dealing with the highest public event that people actually play the game of soccer. Right. And that's a, yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't think, right? You think Saskatchewan, you think football in the summer and maybe some baseball and then some hockey. But uh, I play ball hockey up at the Hank Rice Soccer Center, and, you know, there's always soccer. It seems like there's always soccer games going on indoor there. There's the the new soccer center. Well, not new, but a few-year-old soccer center over at the Sastel Sports Complex over in University Heights. Uh, there's also the, uh, what, the Saskatoon World Cup that happens every year, right? That's an event that a lot, not a lot of people know about either um maybe just kind of take us through what the uh, saskatoon world cup is all about the the biggest challenge is being able to harness all the passion in our city to bring right. all the individuals into a single gathering to celebrate the sport of soccer yeah and the only two events that have been able to capture that i believe is the regina world cup and the saskatoon world cup and there is over 30 different nations represented not only individuals, but full teams, full teams of Ghanaians, full teams of Zambians, yeah. full teams from Korea, full teams from China, uh, from Romania. It's absolutely a fantastic event. And if you haven't been, you should come for a Friday night, yeah. 
the, the casual, average sports fan can experience what soccer is about to the world at the Saskatoon World Cup. Is the one event that can do that. We want to try to do that with the professional team. Right. Got a comment from Ryan who is watching on Facebook, and that comment is, Hi, Lee. We had a great time hosting the soccer booth at the X. Thanks for having us. So uh, you got a fan there, and uh, Ryan, um, what kind of, you know, we kind of talked about the stadium. Are there really any other hurdles that need to happen for this potential team to come to Saskatoon? Is it as simple as, you know, building the, the pitch or building the facility and then they will come type of thing? Where do we kind of stand, you know, in terms of a, a team actually being able to kick a ball here in Saskatoon? Okay, so Living Sky Sports has, has franchise rights of any Canadian Premier League team in the province of Saskatchewan. Right. So they've got that right. And I've been told uh, that... The number one hurdle is the stadium. If this Matt, if the stadium gets approved, yep. that team is coming. That is right. the biggest hurdle. And then after that comes a lot more challenges as well, such as selling tickets, such as you know we've got the weather in Saskatchewan, yeah. which could be a tough thing, <laughs> yeah. right? So, but those are more of the fun things, right? You know, creating a logo, creating a team name, getting the colors. Yep. So there's a lot of fun things that come after that first hurdle. So yeah, I mean those are. Things that happen with any new franchise in any league, right? But yeah, so it sounds like as uh, as soon as the the stadium or as soon as uh, you know they get the go ahead to to build the facility, then like you said, it's kind of organized chaos after that, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I, I thought I'd talk about some numbers. Sure. Can I do that? Of I, course. I want. So this stadium is going to cost between twenty to twenty five million dollars. Yep. All right. Prairieland Park and Living Sky Sports have promised a $4 million portion to be paid for that. Right. Uh, what we are looking for is a $7 million contribution from the city of Saskatoon. Now, I just want to, I just want to let you know, when you hear $7 million towards any sports or, or you know, soccer, it, it sounds like a challenge. It sounds really yeah. difficult, and it is. But let me ask you, the snowfall last winter that hit us, it cost nearly $17 million yep. for snow removal from one storm. To spend $7 million is a massive investment to all the what-ifs, all the great things that can come with an outdoor soccer-specific stadium. And it's not going to just limit it to soccer events, but the sky's the limit with this one. Right. Is there a way for potential, well, people, I would say potential investors, but we, are, we already know kind of, you know, what to do if you're a potential investor um but uh you know is there a way that people can can kind of get involved if you know soccer is their passion and they want to see this dream of a team in saskatoon come true how does how does that kind of work yeah for the the casual sports fan or the casual soccer fan what we're asking of you is to write into your city councillor talk to your neighbors and get people let our city council know how much passion and love there is for this game they need to know that it's so hidden matt i'm telling yeah. you the fans come out in droves for the saskatoon world cup i see people you never see again but right. if we can harness that and you know i tell you the minorities in our city it's massive yeah. our city is so diverse and there is so much hidden passion for this game if we can capture that let the city know what actually how much there is in our in our 
you know, not only Saskatoon, but surrounding areas, I'm telling you, there, there is a great chance for a, a really exciting project down the road. Well, and, you know, with all sports in the city, or the majority of the sports, not just sports, you can kind of, you know, any kind of new thing or new event or new whatever that comes to the city, you really don't know that there's that much passion about it until it actually happens. And then it just blows up, right? So yeah, very we're hoping true. it's the, the same thing with the Canadian Premier League. Wendell Clark's uh, Classic Grill and Bar has a question on uh, Facebook. And uh, will, will there be an expansion draft, kind of like the NHL style, or another team moving here? Now, we know that the team will, another team probably won't be moving here, but when an expansion franchise does come to the Premier League, how does that work with kind of rosters and that sort of thing? Well, you know what? Uh, that's actually a pretty good question. Okay. Is there actually an, an expansion draft throughout the teams? Uh, Ottawa came into the league. Um, and yes, they, I, you know, I can't say for certain exactly how they drafted all their players. Um, so I shouldn't comment too much about that. <laughs> uh, but there is a lot of uh, local recruiting as right. well. Uh, CIS is a big feeder into this league. And then also there's international connections as well. Perfect. So I shouldn't talk too much about that. Yep, right. We're, we're focused on the stadium. Yep, for sure. That's the number one thing, right? Before anything else can happen is the stadium. Of course, we are live here at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, as we are every single Monday for the YXC Sports Podcast. And uh, I know we're talking about soccer, but it is Saskatchewan Rough Rider season as well. So uh, the Riders are starting the season, or started the season 3-0. and Make sure you come on down to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. $5 bevies for every single Rider game. They're on a bye week this upcoming week, but uh, make sure that you get in here for uh, any Rider broadcast. $5 bevies and also uh, lots of prizes. Lots of giveaways and even an opportunity to win a Ryder mini fridge. And maybe uh, if this Premier League uh, team comes to Saskatoon, Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, and the Premier League team can, can maybe have a partnership. I like the sounds of that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's kind of all things that's uh, happening in terms of, of locally. Um, like I said, I was watching in the interview that you did with uh, Ian Roach, our producer, about when was that last month? You've been to the last four World Cups. Is that correct? It is. Which one was your favorite? You know what? Every World Cup has something special to remember it by. Right. Germany, absolutely clinical with organization. Beautiful stadiums. Yep. It was, it was to the nines, exactly organized as you would want. Yeah. No hiccups. Uh, Africa was my favorite because of the people. It was special. The, the World Cup has never been to Africa, and I'm telling you, the, the people there, to, to be on the southern tip of the African continent, right. that was special. Yeah. Uh, Brazil, to be where the best soccer has come from, again, <laughs> every World Cup has different things. Yeah. And then to be in Russia. Russia, it reminds me of our country, where it's flights to the next city, 10-hour yeah. bus rides, long train rides. So it was difficult to maneuver, but uh, Russia had the best soccer on the field. That's what I remember okay. Russia for, is, is the, what happened on the pitch. And of course, the next World Cup is going to be next summer, I believe, right? 2022? Next winter. Next winter, right. It's going to be in because 2022. Because it's in a very, very hot part of the world, right? Yeah. yeah. November to December of 2022 in Qatar. And because... Uh, I think, the, like I said, when I was watching this interview with you and Ian today, it was something to do with the heat is so hot there that they can't. It just wouldn't work to have it in June and July, right? That's kind of the idea. 
That's exactly right. It, the heat is just too overwhelming. Right. <clears throat> and so the logistics to make a Winter World Cup, I don't even want to start to get into <laughs> how you had to juggle leagues across the world, right. get players for this. So it's quite a challenge for FIFA. Right. But yes, it'll be too hot in the summer. So it'll be going November, December uh, when we're here at home. Yeah. Right. So thinking of soccer, Canadian soccer on a, on a global stage, we'll get to uh, the women's uh, national team in a little bit, because obviously we all know what they did at the Olympics. But uh, kind of where are we as a sport, you know, in Canada, Canada-wise? Yeah, as far as the sport of soccer goes, I believe soccer has the brightest future of all the major sports. Mm -hmm. The kids growing up, you're now getting those younger adults that are having their own kids that played soccer when they were children. Soccer is growing. Yeah. And as far as where our Canadian soccer team is, it is the most exciting squad we've had in my lifetime. And I've been a, a fan since 1995. Yeah. I fell in love with the game. Actually, World Cup 94. And our Canadian team right now is all that development, all that work that, that we have put in the last decade is coming through. We actually have a golden generation of soccer stars and they're participating at the biggest clubs and then coming home and playing massive games and winning these games. Yeah. They are challenging Mexico. They are, they are outplaying the United States and we are beating those, those stalwarts in CONCACAF like yeah. Costa Rica. Yeah. And you know, World Cup qualifying is coming up. September 2nd is the first game. We're at the final stage for the first time since 1997 and we're looking better yeah. all the time. We've got a great coach. They've got a brotherhood mentality. It's a family there. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about what we can actually do in this qualifying stage. Well, I'm sure you probably had goosebumps uh, the one morning a few weeks ago. I can't remember the exact date when the women's Olympic team beat Sweden 3-2 uh, to two in penalty kicks. What kind of, you know, what were your thoughts? I'm assuming that you were watching that game glued to the TV. What was kind of going through your mind when that happened? You know, just what it does for, for the sport, men's and women's, you know, for this nation. You know, when, when the women won a bronze medal in London, they changed the game of soccer for women's soccer in our country. Yep. Now, to win the gold medal, they have changed the game forever. Yep. Canada has conquered the world. That's never happened in the women's game before. And I'm telling you, when you say goosebumps, a lot of the soccer fans... It was tears of joy, and I'm, I'm almost coming to them right now thinking <laughs> about how our goalie, Stephanie LeBay, was yep. able to stare down the Swedes in that shootout yep. and defeat them. And then for the girls to step up, they, they were almost out of that. Sweden right. was one Sweden kick. Was up, right? Sweden was up 2-1 in penalty kicks, if and I can remember correctly. You're right, yeah. and they were one kick away from winning, Yep. and our keeper stared that girl down with intimidation, and the Swedish girl popped it over the bar, yep. and then we scored the next two. And that was history. Yeah. I mean, you could also make the argument that, you know, had they come away with a, a silver medal, that still would have been, you know, one step better than bronze, obviously. Obviously, you get to the gold medal game, you want to come away with that hardware. But, you know, also, I go back to the semifinal where they beat the Americans, right? For me, and I don't know if you can speak to this or not, obviously, it all worked out because they did win the gold. But, you know, for me, even that step to beat the Americans is, you know, just shows how good this program is and how far along it's come. Well, that's exactly right. And, and a lot of us said after they had d defeated the States, which is the first time we've beat them right. in 
20 years or so. Yep. You know, they have beat us time and time again. The best we've done is a 0-0 draw. You know, we got robbed in London 2012 when we tied them 3-3, yep. and then they went into extra time and won that game. Yep. We won't get into that today <laughs> uh, because that one stings, but I yep. feel like this was able to, you know, remove that sting. And um, beating the Americans, um, we all thought, hey, doesn't matter what happens in the gold medal right. final. Yep. We beat the Americans. That's our gold medal. Yep. Yep. That's how we felt. Yep. You know, so to beat the number one nation in the world that has just had us. <laughs> Left, right, and center. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> we will let you go here uh, pretty soon. One more quick thing back on the Canadian Premier League, because I don't think we touched on it. But uh, what, uh, you know, timeline, year-wise, season-wise, if we get over the stadium hurdle, which we will, uh, what are we kind of looking at for uh, for the team's uh, first first year of league play. Well, I like that you said we'll get over that hurdle because <laughs> that is the biggest thing I think about every day. Um, now, the timeline, I'm glad you asked that. That's a great question because that's that's one of the biggest questions. Yeah. Uh, so if we can get approval for that stadium, you're looking at shovels in the ground in 2022. Yep. And you're looking at a potential franchise kicking the ball in 2023. But... That's our optimistic outlook. Right. We have to say 2023 yep. or else it's just going to go backwards. For sure. So I, you know, very optimistically it's 2023, but realistically we're looking at professional ball kicked on 2024. Which really isn't even that far away, right? I mean, you think back to it, that's, you know, 2018 was three years ago. 2024 is, you know, three years uh, down the road. Um, Wendell Clark's classic grill and bar loved my idea of a partnership. So once this team comes to Saskatoon, uh, whoever's involved uh, is going to have to get in touch with Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. Uh, Lee, thanks so much for joining uh, me on the YXE Sports Podcast. Uh, it was fantastic. It was a wealth of knowledge. And uh, you got a little, a little thing there for me as well. I think this yeah, is like I do, the first you know? time a guest has brought me a gift. So I'm excited. Well, right on. I'm surprised <laughs> that's the first time. Okay. So what we've got here is uh, this was a limited edition scarf of 75. It is... Uh, You've got the hashtag there, yep. build the stadium SK. Yep. And that's really anyone who is uh, posting on social media when it comes to Twitter or TikTok or Snapchat or, or uh, Instagram or Facebook, use that hashtag. We need to get it out there. That's the big one. That's what you use from now going forward until we get that stadium approved. And of course, Matt, this one's for you. In soccer, scarfs yeah. are the thing. Yeah, exactly. If you're not trading jerseys after your game, yeah. it's a scarf. Yeah. So nope. I'm happy to bring that I appreciate today. that. And like I said, uh, we will get the stadium built and the team will come. And I can't wait to have one of these that actually has whatever the team name and team logo is on it uh, down the road. So Lee Cormish, like I, get, uh, like I said, thanks so much for uh, for joining me on the uh, this week's edition of the YXE Sports Podcast. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Like I said, just a wealth of information. And if you're a supporter of soccer, you know exactly what to do to help get this team off the ground here in Saskatoon. And we'll talk to you right here again next week, live from Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. Until then, stay safe.